0: The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Trek, episode number 33.
1: Captain, DeBridge. bridge. Spock here.
2: Make yourself. So. Surrender is not an option. Attention, crew of the Enterprise. This is James Kirk.
0: Today, we're discussing the new Star Trek Discovery episode, New Eden. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Before we begin, as always, remember, folks, to like The Secrets of Star Trek on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. where We're at SQPN. Leave us comments. Subscribe if you have not yet subscribed. Why have you not subscribed? Why are you you listening to this way? Subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube where you can hit the bell to get notifications. You can listen on your connected little uh, lady in a can device from Amazon or Google or Apple uh, by saying play Secrets of Star Trek podcast. That works. That'll play the most recent episode. That'll work for any of our podcasts. What's I that? like how you avoided
1: the wake words there.
0: Yes, uh although if your wake word is computer as it should be as a uh, Star Trek fan, <laughs> uh I've just woken up your uh, I I tried
1: that for a while but it uh <laughs> it kept it, it 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 kept activating too often. <laughs> exactly. I'm waiting <clears throat> they need to implement pro user chosen uh you oh, know, yes. just to open it up and as soon as they yep. do I'm going to use as
0: mine um,
1: because that's never going to get triggered but it's a reference to uh to the use of that word in larry niven and jerry pornell's mode in god's eye series I, that's why i thought it sounded familiar yeah
0: <laughs> what was that this is the one with the uh the guy who goes uh guess uh, he does the pop in know with his mouth uh uh-huh. Was that from? Oh, that that just triggered a memory of that. But uh, oh, or, the uh, the gods must be crazy. W- well, no, that's another one where you could use some mm-hmm. of the names from the gods must be crazy. Maybe hopefully they use like bushmen. They allow you to use bushmen talk to, uh, <laughs> to do it. But uh, anyway, that's neither an here nor there. Uh, I do want before we get started talking about this episode, which you really want us to talk about this episode, is I want to t- tell you about the new secrets of Star Trek uh, store on sqpn.com slash Star Trek. If you go to that link and you click on the store link, you will see all of the different seasons of uh, Star Trek there, all the movies, links to Blu-rays and to the streaming videos and everything. We put it all in one place, uh, as well as uh, some books, the uh, The books that we were giving to our uh, patrons at Patreon.com. Uh, we, they're the uh, the uh, first 50 years books that we had, uh, mm-hmm. the 50-year mission, it's called, Um and uh, those two, the two volumes and the autobiography of uh, James D. Kirk, that's linked there. What we're doing is we're putting together the store to get these resources available to you if you want to go out and, and get it for yourself. If you want to go watch this, you know, if you're not, if you don't want to watch it on Netflix, say, or Amazon, because they keep taking them off and, and have the behind the scenes material, this would be a good place to go and click the link because when you purchase after clicking through on those links, you help us uh, continue to do what we do. Uh, because Amazon gives us a, a percentage of the sale, So we really and even, appreciate it. Even
1: if you just go there and you don't buy one of those, but you buy something else on Amazon, it'll help us.
0: Exactly, exactly. So uh, if you can do that, uh, especially, you know, before you, you go shopping for something, if you need to buy a crate of toilet paper, for instance, from Amazon and have it uh, freighted to your door, uh, we would greatly appreciate it if you would do it after clicking one of those links and really drive the uh, data mining people crazy trying to figure out why. So uh, <laughs> That said, let's get to the 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 reason we're all here, which is to talk about this new episode uh called New Eden. And uh, uh after last week, I don't think we need to hear the the song from the we won't. The, the original <laughs> series. <again. laughs> there but,
1: was for people who don't know what we're talking about, there was an episode of the original series called The Way to Eden and it featured mm-hmm. space hippies. Oh yeah, um, and the space hippies had one of them had a song called uh, "Heading Out to Eden," and it it was painful.
0: It yes, even even in the sixties, it was painful. Uh, so that's not this. What we have is this episode, which was directed, by the way, by Jonathan Frakes, the the beard, the bearded one. Yeah, right. uh, he was uh, number one uh, Riker from Star Trek: The Next Generation, who's become. A was a very successful, well-known TV director in his own right, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and I have to say he did a great job in this episode. So uh, the directing of this was really good. Um, and then we have a, a voiceover from Spock, uh, played by Ethan Peck, at this point. Mm-hmm. But I got to say that the cadence that he gives us it really sounds a lot like. I mean, it doesn't he's not sound exactly like either Zach Quinto or Leonard Nimoy, but he has the right cadence for. Talking like Spock, and that was that was very interesting.
2: Well, it was the, the the voiceover was supposed to be his personal log that we heard in the previous episode, right? But they re, you know redid it as as a voiceover instead of as the personal log,
0: right? So I should probably recap just like very quickly what this episode is about. Uh, there, remember that the Discovery is following these red signals that are around the galaxy uh, that have, have shown up, and. Um, they they end up having to spore jump to the next one because it's 30,000 light years away and they find a pre-warp planet where there is a human colony that is too far away for it to for them to exist there and it looks like you know 19th century 18th century earth and they have to they face an ethical dilemma regarding uh, uh the prime directive and and other issues come up regarding faith and religion which is very interesting how they deal with it and we'll get into all of this as we go along uh through Mm -hmm. the story uh so we have this voiceover uh the this playback of the spock's personal uh, log uh where he talks about going on a leave of absence from the enterprise and to go search out these signals and they have something to do with these nightmares he had as a child growing up and uh and so now Burnham is telling this all to uh, pike in his ready room and pike reveals that spock's not just on leave he's actually at a psychiatric uh, hospital at a starbase mm-hmm. that he checked himself starbase into five. yeah and he che- he checked himself in
1: and that's obviously disturbing it's it's meant to be disturbing but it's going to be extra disturbing for the portion of the fan base that is not happy with discovery to begin with Exactly
2: right. Uh, because, I'm yes. a little
1: surprised they made that decision because that's going to mm-hmm. set some people off.
2: I'll see. Th- yeah, go ahead. See, I guess I, I, I was, I, I, I'm kind of like that where I was okay. They, they put him into a, a psych ward instead of you know he's at a, a you know a, a Vulcan uh, retreat Meditation house center. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> he's at Pajem or you know wherever <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they call the call an art takes place, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean it's. There is some of that, although we did see in some of the uh, trailers for this season, uh, he apparently um, gets him, uh, leaves the psychiatric hospital uh, one way or the other. Um, I, I guess they're trying to they're, they're developing this idea that he's somehow deeply connected to the signals uh, yeah. in a fundamental way. Um we
1: we also get another
0: indication that Michael left things
1: badly with Spock. Right. Right. Um, I, I'm personally, I mean, I, I I'm open to what they're going to do, but I'm personally kind of apprehensive about the right. current trajectory of the Spock arc.
0: Right. Especially as it relates to Burnham and what the, this, whatever they're hinting at with regard to her relationship with him. I'm a little and leery we- of
1: that. And and not just that, but why is he so connected to the, why him of all people is so mm-hmm. connected to these red bursts?
0: Well, and the thing is, is that presumably the producers want to bring Spock in to give a boost to the series with the fans. Yeah, because yeah. The fa- oh, the fans they love Spock. We should bring him in. But if you're gonna bring him in, you've got to respect wh- the the what fans love about Spock their their con- the conception of yeah. him. Um, mm-hmm. And and you have to respect that. And I'm I'm not saying they ha- they haven't or they won't. But um, but like you both, I'm leery of it. it they better not mess with Spock. Yeah. It's all they They're, 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 they're setting
1: f- it up in a way that
2: has reason for apprehension. Yeah. yeah. And and to be fair, the, the 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 Spock that we will see in Discovery or should see in Discovery won't be exactly the same as he would be in the the original series because there will be ten years of development as a person. Right, but there still are going to be elements that we are going to recognize in the character that go throughout the character.
0: Right, this is going to be the Spock who's somewhere between the Cage and the Where No Man Has Gone Before. That's really where mm-hmm. we're at with, with this, and maybe that's what we will see because the Spock of the Cage was very different from the Spock of Where No Man Has Gone Before. Uh, so yeah. maybe this is going to be a, uh, offered as an explanation of how he got there.
1: Maybe, although I think a lot of fans treat Spock's characterization in the cage as a mopey. That's a term from comic books Um, back, uh, I guess, back in the 60s, there was an issue of the Flash where um, the the Silver Age Flash, you know, Barry Allen had gotten his powers in a lab accident where lightning struck these chemicals and he got bathed in these chemicals and he gained super speed. Well, they did a story. Um, where it turned out that that was actually, that accident was actually caused by an extra dimensional imp named Mopi, who was one of the seven heavenly helpers. And it was such an unacceptable retcon yeah. of his origin that by universal consent, that never happened, and we are never to speak of it. <laughs> and so it was like removed from continuity, one of a number yeah. of things that's like that. And I think Sp- Star Trek fans tend to look at the emotional Spock of the cage as a mopey. Um, it, it's, like, yeah. it's just an aberration because they still had number one, and so the emotionless thing hadn't been transferred to him yet.
0: Although they did deal with this in canon uh, in the episode um- – the, the two part episode, the, that, menagerie? the menagerie that where McCoy sees this image of the laughing Spock and brings it up and Spock kind mm. of addresses it. So it's not, I mean, I mean, we can, we can kind of pretend it didn't happen, but it, with even within the, the, the continuity, they, they've addressed that it is that it did happen. And he, he mm. does kind of say, I've, I've changed. I was experimenting with my humanity. I've, I changed a lot since then. So I mean, we could do that, but 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 it's they do. But the point remains is those the producers have to be very careful how they deal with Spock in this. I mean, they're they 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 decided to tread on very dangerous ground. I mean, they could have picked any other characters from mm-hmm. the original series. They could have picked Sulu or Chekhov or or Uhura, but they ch- or even Scotty. But they chose one of the key characters,
1: right? Well, let's talk about less controversial stuff like yeah.
0: God <laughs> religion. Exactly. I thought it was very interesting that Pike says his father taught science and comparative religion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think this is very intentionally brought up here because this is going to be important as we've been told faith is going and we see it in this episode. Issues right. of faith are going to play an important role through this season so I, th- I think this was an intentional and it does play out in this episode, how Pike deals with this right. issue. Well,
2: and they he said, you know, it was a very confusing household. And it's, you know, of course, That's frustrating. As, as, you know, yeah. as we as Catholics, uh, you know, we would say, well, why would it be a confusing household? Right. Because faith and science, single, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not opposed. We have a document by you know John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, called "Faith and Reason," Fides et Ratio. They are not yeah. mutually exclusive. Yeah, well, this is this is Hollywood religion,
1: right? So yeah. you're dealing with not people who are actual experts in religion writing this, and so they they see more tension between well, and science that, and faith than is actually that, there. And,
2: it's, and that's going to be a, probably our biggest critique of this episode is the fact that they tried to drive that wedge right, or they portrayed that wedge, if you yeah. will, between the two of them. They're between creating an, oppos- yeah. an opposition science. that
0: doesn't exist in reality. Although yeah. to be fair, for some religious people, it does. For Catholics, yeah. it doesn't. Um, for mainstream Muslims, it doesn't exist, this division. Um, certainly there have been Muslim scientists uh, who, are, yeah. who are successful. But like but for for Catholics, I mean, Father George Lemaitre is the, they, is called the father mm-hmm. of the big bang theory. I mean, Catholics have been scientists and especially including astrophysicists for a long time. Exactly. They, so as I said, the next red signal that they're having to deal with, so it's, apparently this is what we're doing is we're going from signal to signal. Yeah. These so, are the
1: MacGuffins for this season.
0: Yes. It's, and the next red signal is in the beta quadrant, 51,000 light years away, which, uh, Pike says it's something like 250
2: years travel at warp. 150. I thought he said 150, 150 but
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, which we remember from uh, from Voyager, 75,000 light years was something like 75 years. So uh, we're just seeing the difference in the warp scale, uh, the yeah, warp speed. Also, exactly.
1: yeah. faster ships in 100 years time. Uh, exactly.
0: Exactly. So uh, it's, it's nice little that they paid a little bit attention to that anyway. Um, and so they, they need to use the spore drive to get there. And- you know, even though Starfleet has disallowed the use of it, well, they allowed it during the war, so they'll allow it for this emergency, and then and I'm thinking, and the next one, and then the next and one after the next that. One. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it's just oh, we'll only use it in emergency, it ends up being we're going to use it when we need to. Exactly. Which,
1: well, it's like in and when they um, when they said in Next Gen that. Uh, warp drive turns out it damages the fabric of space time. So you can only exceed warp six or whatever in emergency situations. Well, guess what? Every episode is an emergency.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the, the, these, these hard limits end up. We, they, what they do is they limit themselves as writers and they, they regret it later. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, uh, Pike gets to do his first spore drive jump. Um, and we get this line, uh, where he tells Saru, if you're telling me that this ship can skip across the universe on a highway made of mushrooms, I kind of have to go on faith, which is which is funny because that really gets to the heart of my problem with with the spore drive. Is this whole like astro mycology spore network thing? I just like even from the first season, I just never bought this. Like I don't, mm. I, I still don't get what they're trying to say. Is going that. That mushrooms are at the heart of what ties the universe well, and together. This
2: particular type of mushroom is the connection through, you know, right. s- through subspace or the underpinning of normal space or whatever it is, is what holds it all together. It's some weird mushroom trip. Right? I, I don't
1: know that I got that it's the mushrooms are holding all things together. I like the idea of, okay, we have. Um, uh, we have panspermia in the form of these mushrooms that have, I mean, or, you know, fungus like things yeah. uh, that have colonized our galaxy and that they're tied into a network that we can somehow ride. And it creates a, a really fancy, powerful jump drive. Um, you know, the, the, the underlying thing here is they have a fancy jump drive that will yes. let them go anywhere they want. And that's fine. Uh, the rest is just is just brain candy for how it works right um what i don't like uh, is the visual effect when they use it i don't like the ship sections spinning around in that weird way it looks stupid i don't <laughs> think you design a starship like that it looks it just looks weird
2: yeah well dom just just think of it as hyperspace
0: <laughs> that's right which is anything that they want it to be uh, exactly uh, although i have to say this line i think is a bit of the the uh again well, another uh moment it's a of, fun line of the producers kind of winking at us you know like yeah, yeah we yeah. know we know <laughs> it's kind of kind of crazy so uh and then we also get the line uh, where saru says uh, to pike you never forget your first which is uh it's just not nice i, I mean it's just why why just no It <laughs> <laughs> can be in taken more than one way not all of which are as bad as others. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's the point, though. <laughs> that they there, want there to was, take it more than one way.
2: There was another aspect to the, the the whole issue with the mycelial network and all that of where it was the conversation between Tilly and and uh, Stamos. Stam yep. At the, at this point, right before the jump, where they had this whole con, you know, where of course he saw his his husband hugh right in the network and this is where all you know after we die we all go there and so the mycelial network is basically heaven is what they're making the Mm -hmm. parallel because life is eternal and you know death goes to life and we're we're reading there i mean that's a possible interpretation
1: but but they may be doing something more more subtle than that with it i'm i'm kind of being open on what they're going to do there. Yeah. I'm just glad that they're acknowledging that there's something that we're not just meat machines, right? I mean, right. back in, in, back in, uh, next gen, we have that measure of a man episode where Picard, you know, just tells, uh, everybody on, uh, in the briefing room that, uh, data is a machine, but so are we electrochemical machines and everybody beams as if that's some marvelous insight. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, so well, what we get is um, they jump to this, this as I said, this planet where the uh, humans arrived on this planet 51,000 light years away before warp was invented and are now living what looks like from from first glance, like in a, an 18th century village or early 19th century mm-hmm. uh, village in the early 1800s. Pre-electricity. Yes. Yep. It, it certainly looks that
1: way. And... Uh, This is and that actually doesn't make sense, because if you have knowledge of how electricity works, even if you don't know the specifics, right, um, if you got a bunch of people who have who are from an electrical culture and you give them 200 years, they're going to rebuild the electricity pretty fast.
2: At at, a minimum, you think they would figure out how to do a a water mill or a windmill or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Within a generation, they're going to have electricity back.
0: Right. I mean, we do get the idea that they there are people who know how the technology works. Uh, we get right. to that guy, uh, especially as we go Jacob. along, Jacob, uh, but, but you're right. I mean, the, the fact that they're still living in, there doesn't seem to be anything in their religion that says that they have to remain in, you know, pre right. they've, been tr- they've been
1: trying to get the lights in the church back on. Right. Right.
0: right.
1: right. Uh, but if, this, if they had any Luddite religion thing, you're not going to be trying to turn the lights in the church no. back on.
0: Right. Um, this is not the first time we've seen in Star Trek, um, Humans who have been removed from uh, Earth by aliens um, mm-hmm. and don't know anything about you know the current Federation history. Uh, we saw that in the Paradise Syndrome in the original series.
1: Yeah. The- I, I kind of liked the Enterprise episode where they kidnapped a bunch of people from the Old West, and then it's like they kidnapped the wrong people. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs>
0: uh, there was the uh, the the thirty sevens. Uh, was mm-hmm. the you know, when Voyager. Uh, um, there was, there was a, it was one, it wasn't, they weren't ex- kidnapped by external forces. They were in, um, ex- uh, suspended animation. It was the, uh, the TNG episode where the, where Picard ex- explains that the, in the future, there's no money.
2: Oh, yeah. There was, there was the, mm-hmm. like the Uber capitalist who thought he was going to be rich beyond, you know. Yes. Midas's yeah. dreams. And it turns out, oh, by the way, all your money is worthless because we're in the we're in the enlightened future where we don't use money anymore until you get <laughs> right. to DS9 and we have Latinum. Right. If only they'd woken him up 100 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or so, put him on DS9 or something. It, no. Yeah. Um,
0: it, well, uh, let's see. The, there's this discussion between uh, Pike and Saru and Burnham about this colony and um The they they get the uh Pike determines that the Prime Directive, or General Order One, which is the way they refer to it throughout this episode Mm -hmm. applies in this case. And I'm and I was kind of thinking I'm not sure why it does. These are obviously human beings taken from Earth. They're not a separate civilization. They're I mean, or even really a separate culture. They're just uh, an offshoot.
1: Well, I guess his argument would be that they are a separate culture at this point, and they even have a unique religion at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, th- one of the things—I mean, it's—it's going to be a matter of interpretation. You'd probably need a Federation ethics panel to settle it, and he's got to make a field decision. Right. The safe field decision is assume that the pri- the the prime yep. directive applies. Um, the but. Uh, you know, we have a mention of Luddite colonies existing even on Earth, and one of the things that the Federation is very big on is the right uh, rights of individuals to self-determination. And so if you have a group of people who have formed a culture, um, you need to respect their right to let that culture develop, um, especially if it's pre-warp, and – You know, I'm not entirely convinced by this line of argument, but as a field decision, erring on the side of safety uh, Mm. seems to be reasonable to me.
0: Since Kirk always erred in the other direction, maybe it's nice to have Pike doing that. Well, exactly. I was
1: going to say it's nice to have Pike being not Kirk. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. um and being much more thoughtful and not reckless also i i i i noted how many times he specifically said the the phrase general order number 1 yeah. in this mm-hmm. episode it was a lot and um and that kind of struck me because pike himself is the reason for general order number 7 which is that no Federation starship is to approach Talos IV under any circumstances. Right. That that's carries right. the death penalty.
0: Right, right, <laughs> so right.
1: He himself has a history with the general orders that's very personal.
0: That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, we in this conversation we get a reference to there are more things in heaven and earth, the Horatio, and the yeah. the end of that is then are dreamt of in your philosophy. That's a line from yeah. Hamlet. Um, yeah. We also have a mention of Clark's Third Law, meaning Arthur C. Clark, Which they Mm -hmm. they say the original is any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And then Pike says that this has been reimagined in the future by philosophers or whoever, to say any sufficiently advanced extraterrestrial intelligence is indistinguishable from God.
1: Yeah, not not really. <laughs> you um, know, th- th-
2: this is this is a point where I think Saint Thomas Aquinas, which by the way, on the day we're recording this, this will be released. This is his feast day. I think he would have a lot to say to Captain Pike about that. Well, yeah. Well,
0: well, let's be clear. He's not saying that it's the same as, but the, I think right. it's like Clark was saying. The perception is, is that right. it's easy to 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 trick people or confuse people and, and into believing is, that it's God. Th-
2: this is the God of signs and wonders, is what he's talking about. Yeah, You know, I can, the God who can come in and do all these great miracles and do all these great signs. And of course, it turns out it's just technology.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I mean, it's certainly true that as uh, as an extraterrestrial intelligence advances, um, it would uh, be able to fake an illusion of God right. better. Uh, that's true. That's not controversial. I mean, we have that here on Earth where you had mm-hmm. the cargo cults spring right. up. Right. Um, but, uh, but still knowing what God is from a Christian perspective, namely an omniperfect being a being with all possible perfections, um, I can propose tests that would distinguish, uh, uh, any right advanced extraterrestrial right. intelligence from an omniperfect being.
2: So right. One of the thought I had was this, this would be like Harry Mudd trying to play God
0: right so it, it's the indistinguishable part like it depends on who we're talking about for uh for 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 you two or for the three of us maybe that it doesn't apply there there might be uh more general audiences for whom it could mm-hmm. perhaps apply yeah yeah uh but i, I get the, i mean the point still stands is that it, it's not Universally true, this yeah. law, quote unquote. Law, third, yeah. Now, what law. struck me about
1: that, other than I want to quibble with it, is Pike seems to be. I mean, he's 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 coming across and as open to faith in a yes. way that Burnham is not, and she comes across as more skeptical, although she doesn't preclude it altogether. At least hasn't um, thus far. Uh, the rumor is that in the original version of these episodes, Pike was established as a Catholic hmm. and that that some people thought it veered too far in the direction of he's too Catholic and they pulled it back. Hmm. But what uh, what struck me about the line about any sufficiently advanced intelligence is going to be indistinguishable from God. Is he seemed in delivering that line? It seemed like he's open to the idea that we're dealing with the supernatural here, and it's like, are you on some kind of religious quest? Mm. Um, I, it started that- to make me question Pike's judgment. Um right. that he it, it, it he seemed too open to, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not if he said I don't know if it's supernatural or not. That's fine, but it seems like he wanted it to be. And it, it made me start to question his judgment about, is he on some kind of personal vision quest here? <laughs> is that what I want in a
0: leader who's Well, that's having... a good question, because for the season is, what is what is Pike doing here? Why is Pike here? Right. Uh, we I mean, we've established that so far that Starfleet has sent him uh, on the Enterprise and then the Enterprise was disabled. So they they transferred him to Discovery, but we haven't had a third party really come in and say- That's why Pike is here. And we've only gotten Pike's Mm -hmm. version of why he's here. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Pike is on has some ulterior motives or underlying objective, not necessarily nefarious, but he's got other motivations as well. Well, It
2: makes me wonder going forward, how far are they going to push the the faith theme um, yeah, because of course Pike is presented as kind of this this religious expert because he's the only one of the crew basically who have any kind of experience in faith. I mean, you could argue Seru when you watch the little sh- short Trek right. episode well. that he's got experience of a faith. Yeah, uh, whether or not he agrees with is another story. Um, but Pike is the only one who's who's seen as faith was an, an integral aspect of his life. Yeah. growing up the rest I, of them I, were like they don't really have any kind of faith life beyond that well so i th- i thought it was interesting it was kind of a mix apparently pike is
1: quite open to religious stuff from the impression we're getting right. he asks uh burnham and second if they've in- ever been in a church and uh apparently neither has second says no my my family weren't believers and um and uh Uh, Burnham says, well, I was raised on Vulcan, but I have a knowledge of the religious texts of Earth's major religions. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as part of her human heritage studies, Spock and Amanda made sure she learned about Earth religions, but being on Vulcan, she didn't really have an opportunity to go to church a lot. Right. Um, so uh, so they're showing us kind of a mix in society of different religious perspectives, which is good. Uh, I mean, in a human it sh- mix of religions in a, right. in, in a human context, that's good. I think they need to give us some outright believers, though. That, yes. And having 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 Pike be one of those, I think, would be fine. Um, But they give us that. And then on this planet, so to get back to the planet for a minute, the natives apparently were in World War III, right. mm-hmm. and there was a, they were under attack. They took refuge in a church, and then something transported that church all these light years away right. to this new planet, and they started building this colony called New Eden, and they viewed it as a kind of divine deliverance. And eventually, we're going to find out it's a red angel. That transported them. Right. Um, But which is presumably why the red signal brought them here, because there's about to be an event that threatens their survival. Um, But they, 200 years ago, they transported this church here. The people, having seen the red angel, took this as some kind of supernatural deliverance. Right. And they wanted to thank whoever was responsible, but they didn't know who that was. And so they then... Because they all came they from different religions, all the people. They all came from different religions. And so they uh, they then decided to, since they didn't know who to thank, they decided to merge all of their religions. And so they have this syncretistic religion. That's the right. word that scholars yep. use for when religions blend in some ways, syncretism. And so they have this syncretistic religion and it's kind of it's sort of Hollywood religion again. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at how syncretism really occurs in the history of religion, it doesn't occur this way. No, no. Um, That's it, certainly not like, human nature. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, in, in polytheistic societies, you have syncretisms that occur where two cultures encounter each other and they start mapping their gods onto each other. It's mm-hmm. like, OK, well, we call the sun god Apollo. You call the sun god Horus, so Apollo must be the same as Horus. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's how syncretisms tend to occur. You don't get this committed Christians because they establish based on the stained glass in the church. You've got Christianity, mm-hmm. Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Wicca, and others. Buddhism, You're not Shinto, ha- yeah. yeah. Right. You're not going to have committed Christians and Jews saying, oh, guess what? God, our God must be the same as your horned God in Wicca. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Right. That's Um, not going to happen. Well, in... And, you know, they say that, oh, these are these were the religions of those who were originally brought to this planet. So you're telling me of these, let's see, one, two, three, four, seven religions, there are people from each of these, including like Shinto, which really doesn't have a presence here in the United States, because let, let's go with well, the assumption that this was it, kind of a stereotypical, it, it looked like a stereotypical New England style, white clapboard Christ, right. Protestant Christian yeah. church. It, there were Shinto believers, there were Buddhist believers, there Hindu I, believers, right. or Wicca I, I believers.
1: Can, you know. I can only assume they grabbed this church from the vicinity of San Francisco or something somewhere in California <laughs> yeah. where you have all of these people mixing together, including a Japanese presence for the Shinto,
2: you know. And so, I mean, and of yeah. course, I mean, there are the issues again, like like you mentioned, Jimmy, you know, you look at Christianity. We believe in one God. There are no other gods. There, You know, we don't believe in Buddhist gods. We don't believe in Hindu gods. We don't believe in Shinto gods. We don't believe in Wicca. There's one God, you know, and that these believers would then say, well, it must be all of them. Why wouldn't the more logical position be we're in a Christian church? And we were yeah. saved in a Christian <laughs> church. church. Well, why would not they all become by beings Christian? that
0: look like Christian angels, by exactly. the way? Which don't you know, exist in any of those almost any of the I don't think any of those religions have angelic winged winged Ju- uh, Juda- beings. Judaism
2: does. Be- well, have besides Judaism, it, obviously, because right. that's where we got it from. Yeah. yeah. Well, sort of sort, kind of, of, sort of, sort of, <laughs> sort not, of, not, yeah. not 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 to the development that we have it in Christianity. It's truth, certainly but, compatible.
0: Let's put it that way. Yeah.
1: But Yes. I, I would. I mean, so I suspect what would happen in real life in a situation like this is one of two things. I mean, I think the fact an angel appeared would give people a reason to interpret this in a religious way. Um, I think people would make the argument that Father Corey has just made this happened in a church with an angel. Let's thank the Christian God.
0: Um,
1: I I, if even if you have a bunch of other people here, um, the scenarios that would probably develop would be Let's all thank our own understanding of who God is. Um, you know, you would have people who might say, well, I'm a Wiccan. I'm not going to thank the Christian God, uh, but I'll thank mine. Right. You know, and, and right. that could be understand them doing that. Also, I think you could have a pitch for, look, even even people who are pagans like Shinto believers, you presumably acknowledge or might be willing to acknowledge that there's one great God behind everything even if you think there are subsidiary gods or beings that we as Christians might call angels. So whoever, let's thank the one who's in charge of everything right. and leave it to him exactly what subsidiary agents he used in this. Right. Right.
0: The idea. So the, 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 the basic, what, two things would, would happen. Either they would all go and thank their God in their way. Mm-hmm. Or they would kill each other over who's, who's God reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> well, that's pretty much human history.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the idea that they would take their holy books and that they have all the oh. holy books of all these different religions and cut and paste proof texts from each of these into a all new uh, scriptures. Okay. Let, and counting their their little journal of what happened since. Well, let's back up a second. Where did all these books come from? Well, like
0: yeah. What? what uh, you know, again, you're in a Christian church, so presumably the Bibles would be there. But right, the yeah. Torah, the Quran, uh, like where would these have come from? Well, the this Torah is, would have
1: been there because that's the first five books of the Bible. Uh, but... I,
0: su- I suppose, although not in Hebrew necessarily. I, uh, mm, I true. I I, may, I, I might not may have be. seen it actually. Uh, a like a cut up, like not that Jews would ever allow the Torah to be cut up either. That would be a whole other. But but it, it's just yeah, it it pushes the boundaries of belief if you push too hard on any yeah. on any of this, and that's that's the problem. I, For for believers, it's hard to
1: believe. Having having said that, you know, it's kind of a sci-fi premise. And as a Twilight Zone thing, even Mm -hmm. though this wouldn't happen in real life, I can say, okay, well, this wouldn't happen in real life. But for purposes of story, let's take this weird Twilight Zone understanding and
2: see what happens. And that's what I was willing to do. And they were, they were, they tried to even explain that about how, well, we were, you know, they had that whole exposition, which frankly was completely unnecessary and only existed to try to justify the syncretic religion, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, this, oh, we were brought here by the mir- this miracle. And because of that, we didn't know who to thank. So what did we do? Oh, we thanked all the gods. You know, I mean, they actually <laughs> had like that question and answer, like a catechism class.
0: Right, right. Yeah, now, I got to say, like Pike's reaction to some of this was again interesting so a Pike had a very excellent answer about the stained glass stained mm-hmm. glass windows are there to to teach uh the gospel the to illiterate. those who could read right and yeah, like that's, that's absolutely true that's that's right yep. on target that's a good answer that was so, good someone found the right wikipedia entry for that. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I also liked Pike's reaction when the uh, the woman religious leader, I don't remember her name, but the, kind of the priestess lady, yeah. uh, says, peace be with you to him, which Amicia, is a biblical. Yeah, yeah, that's a biblical line. I mean, that's part mm-hmm. of St. Paul's standard greeting. Yeah. And he respond And now in, in Catholic liturgy, it would be the Lord be with you. Right. Yep. Um, unless it's a bishop. In-
2: unless it's a bishop.
1: Okay. Bishop but, says, peace be with you. Okay. Well. Um, but they're not, since they, since they're syncretists, they're not just going to say the Lord, unless they've reinterpreted what that means, because it would mean Jesus, um, or Yahweh. Uh, but, uh, Pike then gives the liturgically correct response. And also with you, except Hollywood religion, again, um, the classic response in the liturgy, which is in the Latin and has been used in English in, except in a very narrow time window Yep. is and with your spirit, mm-hmm. but due to a loosey-goosey translation philosophy that got implemented in the 1970s, we had to deal with a couple of decades of and also with you as a yep. loosey-goosey translation of and with your spirit, and then they re-tightened it up and said, no, nah, let's, let's say what it actually says in Latin, and so this is... But this is the more familiar version to the Hollywood yes. Catholics who are writing this script is like they've been in church
2: a number of years ago, maybe when they were years years kids. Yeah. and they remember, and also with you being the response. And 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 to be fair, Catholics, every once in a while, will slip on up on that because we did say, and also with you for about 40 years, and we've yeah. only been saying, and with your spirit again, for about less Eight. than 10. So, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh. There's this interesting. Oh, by the way,
2: yeah, I like the name of their planet,
1: Teralexium. Yeah, so that's a fusion of Terra, which means Earth, yep. and Elysium, which was Greek heaven.
0: Yes. So it's, I was trying
1: it's, to figure that out. I figured you'd he- have that
0: heavenly yeah. Earth. Yep. It's um, better
1: than another Terra Nova.
0: Yeah, there is a. By the way, there's some of the scripture from this uh, 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 cobbled together holy book uh, for those who live the old way. Burn those who sin against us shall be cut down by our gods. Uh, that's um. That, that doesn't sound like any scripture that I'm aware of. So this must be yeah, some original they writing. Made, they made stuff up, too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I did find it interesting that uh, Pike absor- observes the norms of this religion when they are in this, you know, this uh, welcoming mm-hmm. ritual, this uh, mm-hmm. ceremony uh, that he takes part. Yeah. And I found it interesting. I mean, that's what
1: you would do if you're trying to fit in and pass yeah. yourselves off as people from some nearby colony. Um, but assuming the nearby colony didn't become a colony because you had a religious schism with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But then Burnham is just really pushing the limits in that scene of, well, has anybody proposed science as their religion? Yeah. What about this and that? And I, if I was Pike, I'd be going, tone it down. <laughs> I would have been nudging her with my elbow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Easy there, take it back. I, uh, I did like how the, the Terralesians have like this technology that was there when they came but they've they they don't know how to use it anymore and they've preserved little scraps of knowledge and for mm-hmm. anybody who has read um, a canticle for Leibowitz. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the memorabilia in a canical for Leibowitz is. It's little things from the pre-nuclear devastation. That they've yep. the Leibowitzian monks have preserved little scraps of knowledge so that they know an electron is a negative twist of nothing, but they don't quite know what that means. Right. right. And and so we have kind of the same situation here.
0: By the way, there's a whole subplot uh, concerning Tilly. I do want to get to that. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. interspersed, but I don't want to jump back and forth. So we'll come back to the Tilly subplot uh, nice. after we talk about the main plot here. Uh, so um, the, we do have, I mean, it, we do have to say that uh, the, 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 the point that the, apparently the point, the reason the red signal brought them here was, as you mentioned, Jimmy, the planets got rings and the outer rings are about to collapse and cause an extinction level event uh within yep. i don't know 60 minutes we're counting down at the at 3 seconds we can still save everyone that's the the standard star trek trope yeah. yep. uh so that's that's the the, ta- the the ticking uh time bomb that we have to deal with here so meanwhile there's this fe- this fellow Jacob who apparently he's the whiz with technology he he's descended from you know of course the original settlers who who are taking care of the technology he's been keeping things running until recently well he figures out uh that the the uh, Discovery crew is from Earth and he disables them, takes their stuff. Um, and he's, he's determined- got a flashbang grenade he uses. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, and he's determined to prove that science saved these people, not God, uh, which is uh, an interesting uh, little twist in the plot. Um, mm-hmm. So he's apparently a secret unbeliever
1: in in this i don't know that i got that i just got that he he believed that earth survived and would eventually come get him and that's what he wants
0: okay okay yeah yeah that doesn't necessarily he's a non-believer but he's but but he doesn't necessarily believe that that it was um uh, miraculous means that brought them there that it could in fact have been technological means because he does kind of bring that up doesn't he like that um i did write that like he's determined to prove that science. was what brought them where they were. I'm trying to, I'm trying to I don't find know that, that in that the I text. got
1: that, but I, I I thought he was just focused on Earth isn't dead.
0: Okay, all right, maybe uh, let's see, us see my...
1: be right. I may have missed it.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, he says my ancestors were right, weren't they? The Earth wasn't destroyed. Mankind evolved. Um, and then he he says uh the the radio is always going to my advi uh my family um. And uh, he knew he knew they were coming when the red burst appeared in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess he doesn't actually. Yeah, he doesn't actually say uh, science, not God. So that's it's interesting. Um, I, I, I like that. Uh, a after they awaken and they've been locked in the in the cellar, she figures out how to get them out because she's like, if it's yeah. a slide bolt, I'm just going to use a magnet to slide the bolt out. Yeah. And, and of course, there's a workbench full of, you know, Uh, old, uh, you know, uh, electrical devices. So there's magnets. Uh, So she's the one who grew up in the Luddite collective, which I think is, a, I thought was a very interesting little data Mm -hmm. point that there are Luddite collectives. People, Luddites are people who reject technology, uh, insist on living.
2: Kind of like uh, like our modern Amish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, uh, although there's a variety of adherences to the no technology rule, but Mm -hmm. among the Amish. But yeah, in general, people who reject technology. So um, I,
1: I I thought that was a great little scene. And I also like that we're now starting to get to meet the rest of the bridge
2: crew. Right. And learn about them. And yes. so this was like her focus episode. Yes. That's, that is one thing in, in general I do like about this season so far. Of course, two episodes in is it's not the Michael Burnham show as bad.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so and then we have to up the drama a little bit um, after they've escaped. They go confront Amisha and Jacob. And they're talking about no, no, I don't know what Jacob's talking about. This is just normal stuff. And uh, I, I inherited from my ancestors, you know, they're trying to talk about their devices. And they turn around and they see a little girl playing with a phaser, uh, yeah. which is which putting is putting yeah, it on overload. and putting it on overload, yeah. which is exactly the, the the like the 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 worst case scenario that of a, of you know the a person unknowingly playing with a a weapon. And Pike dives on it, uh, which is interesting to save her, um, and it goes mm-hmm. off. Doesn't blast him into smithereens or dissolve him, uh, you know, disintegrate him. uh, But it does put a nice little hole in his belly. Uh, And and he will die if they don't get him serious medical attention fast. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Burnham refuses to use their technology to save his life, uh, obeying the general order number one and Pike's orders. Um, But she says, uh, let's take him to the church to pray for a deliverance. Um, And I think what she's doing is is
1: nice to see her working with the right situation she's in.
0: And she's apparently trying to get to there so that they can be uh, transported out. of uh, That's where they beamed in. Sight
2: unseen, yep.
0: And that's where they can be beamed out. Um, meanwhile, Discovery's working the problem of the uh, the the, uh, the stuff that fell. Um, we'll come the back to this. The ring collapse. Yeah, the ring collapsing. Um, we'll come back to how this all comes about, but they use the dark matter asteroid and its intense gravitational pull to... Uh, pull a donut with the discovery and I, slingshot I, it all out of the, out of the, orbit. I have
2: to admit that that kind of felt like a role-playing game device. You know, you play a role-playing game like the final fantasy series or something like that. And yeah. you get this magic object that a couple of see- couple of, you know, minutes later, you have to use this magic object <laughs> to solve the next mm-hmm. puzzle.
0: Yeah. Oh, that goes you all know? the way back to Zork. I think yeah. Yeah, pick yeah, up exactly. hammer, <laughs> yep, use exactly. hammer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, that the the team uh, transports away, uh, the away team transports away uh, in front of the people from the planet, and you're like, uh oh, the jig's up. Yeah. The, but the but the but Amisha, the lady immediately
1: yeah. interprets it as the gods have delivered them. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: well, which I mean, if that's I mean, if if there's any sufficiently advanced technology, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, let's go back to the Tilly subplot, which is yeah. she's been working this dark matter asteroid. Uh, which has been displaying some unusual properties.
1: Right. And she initially harvests a sample of it to try to use to build an interface for the mycelial network. And there's an accident and she ends up getting blown across the room by an energy discharge in the cargo bay. And yes, for once, we have the computer notice an unauthorized energy discharge, and tell people about it. <laughs> right. so, yeah, exactly. It's like, can't just fire a phaser in a ship and not have that go unnoticed. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I was really happy about that. She then wakes up in sick bay with Doctor Pollard, and I'm really starting to like Doctor Pollard. She had like one line in the previous episode, yep. and that yeah. was fun. But now she has several lines, and they're fun too. Oh yeah. Um,
0: I, I have she, to say that that her, this at uh, this scene in sick bay with Saru, Mm -hmm, Saru, mm -hmm. like it talks to her about, you know, you're putting too much pressure on yourself on the command program. Um, He shows both empathy and exceptional leadership here.
2: Yeah. I I like he walks in and he basically chews her rear end for what she was doing. I mean, he's all but yelling at her. What do do you think you were doing? But but then
0: he mitigates it a little bit and and gives her like positive builds her up and gives her some leadership advice. And I thought this was this was so good. I really that I thought that oh, scene yes. it raised Saru in my estimation as a character, but it also raised this out this 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 series as okay. This is they they know what they're talking about when it comes to this sort of stuff. That this sounds right. This
2: was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah, thought it well, was good. They're no, definitely also, developing Saru as a character. I think. Yes.
1: Yeah. I I suspect he may be the next permanent captain. We'll have to see.
2: Yeah, that um, would be interesting.
1: But uh, I like how he says, as the only Kelpian in Starfleet, he like really put a lot of pressure on himself, and he learned ninety Federation languages. (laughs) And Tilly's response to that is fluently. And is anyone who's tried to learn another language and knows how hard it is to become fluent that's exactly the right thing to say. And he he. Dodges the question, but ig- implicitly admits he doesn't know them fluently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, so, and, and we we, we kind of uh, went by a little bit. So Tilly is trying to develop a a new interface uh, for the Spore Drive so that Stamets doesn't have to be the one to go into it mm-hmm. because Stamets is afraid that if he encounters Hugh um, in or whatever is looks to be like Hugh in this network again, he may not come out. And so she's mm-hmm. trying to save him. Tilly as we've come to learn is all about saving everybody. She's, she's yeah. she needs to save people. But she
1: needs some help from someone and so her imaginary friend May starts showing up and creepily says things to her after <laughs> Tilly says you read my mind and she says your mind is so much fun. So yeah, so <laughs> okay, I, what's going on here?
0: They don't make it obvious at be- the beginning that May is a uh, is an imaginary Friend, you just think oh, she's I, another
1: crewman. I I spotted it the first time. I, I it,
0: although so I did too. So maybe it was as uh, as as um it was obvious to others, but uh but uh, they didn't they didn't come right out and say it. She didn't disappear. You know, people walked <laughs> in the room and she didn't say anything. But they and they didn't acknowledge her. But that doesn't necessarily but mean. Then she's get, not in the reverse camera
2: angle shot,
0: right? So. Did she walk out? Was there a mistake in blocking? You know that sort of thing in continuity. Yeah, I mean, at,
2: at, at first when she first appears, like, okay, who is this random person we have never seen before? Right. And then of course it becomes clear who she is. But right.
0: And so Tilly gets this when she finds out about the uh, the collapsing ring, uh, planetary ring. She's the one who comes up with the idea of using the massive gravitational pull of the asteroid to pull all the radioactive debris away from the planet by doing a donut maneuver. Uh, which I love that the, the helmsman is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> the, the
1: scene where they solve that on the bridge where Tilly comes running up to the bridge and explains the idea. And then the um, the uh, navigator or the helmswoman starts working on it. And Saru says, is this possible? And she says, oh, yeah, oh, except no. And then she points out another problem, and yeah. then Stamets solves that, and then Saru endorses Stamets' plan, and it's just it's nice team problem solving, and it was a lot of fun,
2: right? Well, yeah, I like that, that too because Stamets is sitting there talking about what well, we can do it this, this. That sounds great. Run, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. run, <No>. Mister Stamets. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and, and this this actress who plays the helmswoman, she's obviously being given more openness to her character as well right. you know again this, we've we talked about this last episode but they're obviously developing these characters more because her facial expressions where she's like i don't know oh wait and then she gets this big grin on her face i can do this you yeah. know this is detmer uh, lieutenant detmer Det- detmer yeah i mean
0: basically all we got from her in the in the first season was her anger at burnham that was pretty much yeah, she her she was
2: on she was on the shinzu right And when it all everything happened and And she was injured, that's why she's got the the implant along the side of her her head and her fake eye. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to rewatch for
1: that.
0: And uh, but so, yeah, it's nice that she's getting more. She's she's uh, her character's growing, which is great. Uh, And so after they've solved this problem, they've saved the planet. Um, by the by the way, uh, so we have yet another super dense rock field
1: on screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, also the dark matter asteroid while it, you know, to let us know it's the dark matter asteroid. They have it glow blue. Real dark matter does not glow. That's why it's called dark, dark because it's <laughs> invisible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the uh, as as. Tilly is heading back to sickbay uh, because she's still in her her sickbay gown. Uh, right uh, as she's on the bridge, as she's heading back to sickbay, she gets on the turbo lift and this character May appears and kind of and says, oh, "Way to go, Stilly!" And that throws Tilly for a, a loop, and she's like, "Wait a minute!" And then she, as she gets back to her quarters, she looks her up. This was a, uh, was a Stilly apparently was her high school nickname. Her right. Junior and, high junior high nickname. Yep. Right. And this girl, May, was her classmate. And she's. And so Tilly's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe May is on board. This person I knew and looks her up. She's not on board. Uh, she looks her up in the Federation database because you can look up anybody. It's like the best Google ever or scariest, okay. though, depending on how you view it. Uh, and it determines that. Uh, no, uh, May died years ago. So who is this? Who is May? Is she? Mm-hmm. uh a product of tilly's concussion is she something out of the mycelial mycelial network and is she an alien pretending to be a friend right right And is yeah. this related to hugh's appearances to stamets both last mm-hmm. season and this season uh
1: i will be really disappointed if they if they go with alien pretending to be a friend um right and I, I, and I think they can't just give us a concussion either. Um, yeah. I think what they are going to do in this season and what they need to do, given the subjects they're exploring, is they need to end with something that is ambiguously open to faith, like what right. they did on Deep Space Nine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's Star Trek series. They're not going to come out and say, yeah, religion is all real. And here's the right one. <laughs> right. Um, they're not going to do that. But they need to also not just debunk either. And the vibe I'm getting from this season, like with Deep Space Nine, is that that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to give us something that's
0: thoughtful and open, but
1: non-definitive.
0: I hmm. have a, I have a very bad feeling that uh, when Spock is out there going to discover God among the Red uh, Angels, um, his other half-brother, Cybok, is going to show up. <laughs> entertain the fans <laughs> that would be very bad well yeah why does God need oh, a yeah. starship?
1: <laughs> didn't i ever mention my other brother captain pike uh, in addition to spock i there's Sybok. we were like three of us you know growing we, up together we, 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 didn't talk, we didn't talk about him yeah <laughs> oh gosh please He's don't Sybok is another mopey
0: yes he is uh in fact the autobiography of james t kirk that book does a very good job of uh of taking Cyborg and putting him off in a little corner forever. Which is... my,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: but but the thing is that with with uh this character, what I'm guessing is going to happen is they're going to, this is my theory, we can tell if, I'm, if we come back and prove him right or wrong. She's also going to be somehow connected to the mycelial network. Uh these that the 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 dead are showing up in the network somehow. Yeah. Some version of them, something about them, n- not quite sure. And this is going to be part of the reason why they cannot use the jump drive uh, in the future. That there'll be something that that it ultimately says we've got to, to to close off this right accessing of the mycelial network, well, and maybe even but, the mycelial network will go away altogether. Well, we've
2: we've got again kind of this idea that after Hugh died, that he his consciousness, if nothing else, transferred into the mycelial network. And right. I, I wonder if that's kind of where they're going is when certain people or who knows what, you know, or all of humanity or who knows right. that when they die, that's where you end up afterwards. And that's that's where you know, I made the comment earlier about how they're trying to almost make that connection between the mycelial network and what we understand heaven to be.
0: Right. That would be uh, disappointing if they if they make that direct of a connection.
2: Yeah.
1: So so at the end of this episode, we have Pike go back down to the planet, uh-huh. and he gets the the we, one thing we haven't mentioned the the it, have a, a helmet cam from a soldier. It's right. broken, but it records the event of how they got there. And so Pike goes back down and tells Jacob that yes, he was right. We are from Earth, and we're part of a federation now, and um. And he he so he's kind of breaking general order number one yeah. and he and Burnham have a discussion about that before he does it. And and then he gives uh Jacob shuts down the transmitter that he's been his family's been using to try to attract an Earth ship. Right. Because now they've responded and he says that's enough for me. He doesn't say, Take me with you. Um and that's good because he's mentioned a family. Right. And if you've got a family, you don't necessarily want to unplug from that. Um, Which is what so, Saru did. And he was actually, he actually said he yeah. was
2: satisfied to hear that Earth did survive, that right, there right. were people out there. And that's all he wanted. Right. But to know it, that there were people out there.
0: Yeah. And as I was going to say, the, 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 this is what Saru did is he did go. Uh, this right. is a, a mm. mirror of Saru's encounter with uh, Philippa Giorgio and going right. with her, where this guy doesn't go
1: they've They've both got transmitters to bring in a federation ship, and that's what happens, yeah it, it, um Pike then gives him a power cell in <laughs> exchange for the helmet, and mm-hmm. he uses it to finally turn on the lights of the church and it's this wondrous moment for the terralesians, and I'm going, I think that's uh. That's a step too far. How uh, in terms of general order number one, how about can I borrow that helmet cam for just a minute and download the data? You know, (laughs) yeah. Well, uh, well, how is she? Yeah. How is Jacob going to explain this power cell?
0: Oh, I just found it here under the bench after 200 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then we uh, the out scene for the episode is Pike is alone. Instead of having people forensically examining this data module Mm -hmm. on the helmet, and instead of having people watch it with him to analyze it, he's just watching it alone. And he sees the inside of the church being attacked in World War III. And then a red angel comes in and it all goes
2: blank. Well, they yeah. just they just uploaded it to Discovery's Plex server and he could watch it on, at his own time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it might play into that what you mentioned, Jimmy, which is that Pike's on some kind of personal mission. yeah. Um, Because that's that's, because normally
1: you'd bring in all your experts and say, let's let's figure this thing out together. Yeah. You hand it over. You notice something.
2: You hand it over to to Burnham and and say it doesn't necessarily say they didn't do that, but that he was right. The idea that he was sitting there watching it in his ready room privately. Yeah. Says there's something more there than just personal curiosity.
0: So before this, um, this happened, there was that moment where in the ready room where Burnham and and, and, uh, Pike have a conversation uh pike is recovering from being blasted in his uh he's still sore his ribs are sore and he says as burnham comes he says don't make me laugh and she says fortunately for you i was raised on vulcan we don't do funny which makes him laugh which makes them all of us laugh (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: kind of a cute line
0: that was was i thought that was funny
1: maybe maybe i should just be quiet
0: (laughs) (laughs) but she argues that to serve the overriding mission of finding out about the signals that the prime directive or general order Number One might have to be sacrificed. And uh -hmm. and and Pike rejects that to a degree, although he does violate it, as we just discussed. Mm -hmm. Um but then it raises the question is why is this mission so very important? Why is why is this so important that we have to violate general like we I mean, it's interesting with there are these signals, with there that's it's it's a it's a conundrum, but it doesn't seem to be threatening as far as we know. They've done nothing To 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 hurt anything, destroy anything. Mm -mm. So, like they have not yet established why is it so important that they find out about what the source of these signals that we've got to upend everything.
1: In the early, in the first episode, when Pike first showed up, he said Federation citizens are at threat by these things. Right. I don't recall them establishing how exactly.
0: The only thing that's happened so far is
2: I'm sorry. I was gonna say I thought they were kind of kind of hinting like you know the 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 Federation is kind of squeamish after the war and the war started with that initial signal and is this something more along that mm-hmm. lines but I think that's really as far as they got as any kind of hint towards it
0: yeah yeah that's uh, that's yeah. something they need to they need to do something about so uh, any last uh, notes that either of you have on this episode uh, just
2: a couple of small things um they've established that Federation standard is. English yeah that's true Um, they mentioned that Uh, the the one line about you know where Burnham says that was before warp was invented she grew up in Vulcan and didn't say that was before humans invented (laughs) Invented. warp because Vulcans already had warp at that point that's how you had first contact Um, and then just kind of a a comment on my own you know Tilly is the youngest member accepted in the command program please don't make her another Wesley Crusher
0: Uh, or well until Kirk right (laughs) <laughs> yeah well, and that, mm. that this is the, my, the last thing i want to say about it is i'm curious whether they will the producers will uh, be able to resist the temptation to show us a young kirk um they, they they've showed a spock are we going to start trotting out all of the old crew uh little by little in cameos or other so ways? kirk
2: kirk would have been what about 20 at this point he'd be a cadet he'd be a tilly's age he's probably a contemporary of tilly's
1: is he? I thought he'd be an officer by this point, but not obviously not a captain.
0: Well, ten like so, ten years to become captain. He was the youngest captain. He was thirty four when he became so captain. He'd so he'd be he'd be a, he'd be an ensign or first lieutenant.
1: Yeah, or, or ensign or lieutenant, and, and he wouldn't yeah. be assigned to the Enterprise. But I wouldn't mind no. if they show us a young Kirk in a, in another season. I mean, he doesn't belong in this season. No,
0: no, no. no. It should be interesting to see if we, if we if we get a, a load of him.
2: All right. Actually, it would be it'd be kind of fun if they do it kind of as a pass through where he just happened to meet him. What, what was his name? Oh, uh, Kirk. Jimmy. And just leave it at <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And just, that's hey, it. Jimmy.
0: Jimmy Kirk.
2: <laughs> yeah. Something like
0: that. Uh, so I, I do want to get to some feedback uh, that we guys got yeah. a couple of uh, bits of feedback uh, on last week's episode uh, on Brother. Um, Joan Lopez commenting on uh, YouTube says uh, r- reminds us Spock's fiance was to pring, not to pop. Oh, yeah. To right. Pring. Yep. Yep. Uh, So uh, thank you for that correction, Joan. And uh, Edward Klein on Facebook says, uh, I enjoyed the discussion about the season two opener last week's episode. I think y'all missed a y'all, I'm I'm quoting directly. I I think y'all missed the possibility for the not every loss eternal from the fortune cookie, Mm -hmm. uh, which he might be the enterprise, which Pike has now lost, Mm. at least temporarily. Mm. So so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a possibility. Possibility. So thank you for the the feedback. And uh, we always love to get feedback from uh, uh, listeners. And uh, before we wrap things up, I'd like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Star Trek. Uh, and today we want to especially thank by name, a handful, uh, Kelly B., Max S., Rochelle K., uh, Familia Napuri, and Trevor W., through their generous donations and all the the donations from all of our patrons, at sqpn.com slash give. Uh, They make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at sqpn.com. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. Uh, What do you think of this episode, New Eden, and our discussion of it? Uh, Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash Trek or the SQPN Facebook page and leave us some feedback uh, on the episode there or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. You can find relevant links in our discussion uh, in our show notes at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing uh, the next episode, which is we actually have learned uh, point of light point of light. Uh, They've been keeping the episode titles for the season uh, under their hat. Uh, although the Canadians have let it out of the bag. Those darn
2: Canadians. <laughs> the,
0: the Space Channel airs Discovery in Canada, and they actually released a list of at least the next handful of episodes. So point of light, uh, the mirror universe, Philippa Giorgio is back, which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Glad to be here. And thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, be bold, be brave, be courageous. Black Alert.
2: Black Alert. Black Alert.